Hi, well, welcome back to discipleship.ca. We've got um, uh, one of the interview sessions, and uh, I don't know how to introduce Garth because he's a friend and a fellow pastor and a mentor and a theologian because I can reach over there and grab a book that's got his name on it for Hebrews, and uh, I've known him for quite a while. He's tried to hire me twice, and I've said no to him twice. Um yeah, he's, we've been on a journey together, but Garth is uh, willing to join us and talk about uh, ministry. So why don't you, for the people who are listening, uh, why don't you let us know what is it that you're doing now, Garth? Yeah, thanks, Steve. Uh, happy to be with you today. Uh, uh, in At this season of my life, I am uh, currently working with the Canadian National Baptist Convention, as the uh, national team leader for pastor care, which means that uh, I am responsible for reaching out to our pastors and their wives, their families, just to make sure that they're doing okay, that they have um, their priorities in the right spot at the right time, and that they are uh, sufficiently supported, that they know that we love them and care for them, we see them, and we care about them. So that's uh, most of what I'm doing these days with the Canadian National Baptist Convention, I live on the border in Windsor, Ontario, so we're right across the river. We're 10 minutes away from the state of Michigan, uh, from my from my house. And so the guys in Michigan, the uh, Baptist Convention in Michigan, has also asked me to do the same thing with them that I do with the Canadian National Baptist Convention. So I'm really working with, in two countries uh, at the same time, doing the same thing, and I love it. I was going to say, because I know you're with the Canadian Convention, but I always see you posting that you're in American churches, and I was always kind of <laughs> confused how that works. So you, you cross, yeah. you cross borders. There you go. It's perfect. Uh, yeah, so I didn't say that, but Garth has been in southern Ontario, so uh, the corridor between Niagara Falls and Windsor, you've been there for a really long time, right? You've Yes, in fact, years. yes, uh, 30 years. We have been, uh, we pastored a church, I pastored a church in Niagara Falls, Ontario for 10 years, and then took a hiatus from local church ministry, worked with Samaritans First Canada for four and then went back into ministry, pastoral ministry in uh, Windsor, Ontario for 10, pastored a fairly large church in Windsor here. And in 2013, made a transition out of that church into uh, what became a church planting. Wasn't, uh, wasn't, didn't start that way. Was, that wasn't the plan, but that's uh, what God led us into. And for the last 10 years, we've been involved in church planting here in Windsor, Ontario. Yeah, no, and and this piece, like your coaching piece, it's just, um, that's something that's been a passion for you for a long time, right? Because I, I remember you used to do that same kind of thing with international workers, right? You right. Would, you it would it do- certainly has been a passion, and all all these years, probably the last 30, 35 years, we've had uh, teams of pastors and their wives around us. Uh, God just seems to knit our hearts together with pastors, uh, people in ministry, and we've had an opportunity to coach uh, more formally, I guess, and more uh, more officially in the last uh, ten years. Yeah, yeah, and I've and I've been a recipient of that. So Garth, uh, during a, a tough stretch of ministry for me, Garth uh, walked with me for a year, and we had regular calls and. I probably, I think I wept a lot, but, you know, 
we made it through. <laughs> it was good. Uh, it probably would have been way worse without. But in in all of that, obviously, you've had a journey where you are uh, like it, very differently than a lot of people. You are rubber meets the road with uh, full time vocational ministry people uh, working right. really, really with their discipleship. Right when stuff goes poorly in life, oftentimes it has to do with our personal habits, the behind the scenes things that nobody sees, uh, which kind of was all encompassed into in discipleship. So for you, what, how would, like, what does discipleship mean to you? What's it, what, how would you put your hands around it to kind of define? Yeah, well, of, of course, uh, Steve, I would go back to Matthew 28, where Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son, Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. So it really our focus and commitment to making disciples comes from the heart of Jesus. That's our motivation. That's our, our desire is to please him in all that we do in our, our disciple-making uh, ministry. This was his last command before the ascension, you know. So his last command really ought to be our first concern and, and has been for most of my Christian life. Uh, or maybe I should say more of my uh, adult, uh, adulting Christian life. <laughs> once I once I got over the, the early Christian uh, um, phase of my of my Christian life, you know, how do I engage in making disciples? That's been the driving force of my my life and my ministry for many, many years now. How do I engage in this? Uh, early on, I think that that really played out in terms of curriculum and books and Bible studies and meetings. Yeah. But um, and, and none of that is bad. It, it, it has its place. But I, I think at this stage of my life, being 40 years in as a, as a believer and almost as many as a pastor, uh, I believe the process is really much simpler than, than I've made it out to be right. all these years. Uh, to me, disciple making is, is people helping people trust and follow Jesus. Okay. Yeah. People helping people trust and follow Jesus. We make disciples uh, by by going and baptizing and teaching. Unfortunately, there's a lot of uh, a large segment of the Christian church that that believes that is discipleship. That yeah. the going and the baptizing and the teaching is discipleship, but those are just the means of making mm. disciples. Mm-hmm. Uh, make no mistake about it. Making disciples is the primary action word or verb in uh, Matthew chapter 28. Yep. And of course, you know, your listeners know that, but Jesus wants us to make disciples who make disciples who make disciples until he comes back. And so really that's what uh, my wife and I have given ourselves to in this in this season of our lives, making disciples, spending time with people uh, and helping them trust in Jesus and follow him and obey him. Yeah, that that it's, it's super interesting, that exponential growth bit, right? We're disciples, mm-hmm. disciples who make disciples. 
Um, I read a book and I can't for the life of me remember who it was. Maybe, maybe you've come across it before, but they kind of did the math and said, like, if the disciples had have listened and spent the next year making one disciple, and then the next year, 24 disciples are now making 24 disciples. And now you got 48 making 48 and so on and so on and so on. Um, the guy basically looked at the world population at the time of Jesus and said, in 15 years, the world would have been reached. Yep. Like that's how, that's how close we are. So even in our, you know, 8 billion people in the, on the planet, if we were to be that intentional with evangelism and, and that people helping people to walk the journey with Christ, like you said before, how fast could we reach everyone? Yeah, um, exactly. It's actually yep. mind boggling how, how the exponential nature of that is, is, uh, is so so powerful, but yet so simple, and we yeah. still don't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, okay, so you've you kind of shared like this journey, and early on, it was kind of discipleship was sort of a program programmic kind of thing in your in your world and in your mind, and it's kind of now of a, a more relational, organic kind of uh, process. How have you seen that change? You know, family, uh, marriage kids you're now grandfather right so you you and you yes love, you love your grandkids i see the posts on instagram and, <laughs> and you're all about that but how is that how is that manifested in the early years versus what you do now or how you see it now uh, yeah I, again i think it follows this uh, this simple demarcation between program and relationship and for me early on it was it was more about program now it's much more about relationship both on a family and uh and a friendship basis um i'm i'm a grandfather of 5 now and i'm actually leading three of the three oldest grandchildren through a, a catechism that i wrote using a number of different resources like tim keller's uh, New City Catechism. I meet with them regularly. Uh, we drink chocolate milk and eat Timbits together. Yep. And we talk about the questions and answers in the catechism. And I am thrilled with how those those conversations evolve, even with a 10-year-old a or an 8-year-old or in, and the youngest being 6. You know, and how those conversations just just mm. flow. So... You know, how does that impact the rest of our family? Because we have happen to have adults in our family too, not just grandchildren. Although I think the adults are, are wondering if they yeah. really count anymore yep. uh, in my life, but they certainly do. So it, it gives me an opportunity to, when I take the girls home and leave them at home, to talk about what we learned. And yep. so that process of just discussing with my kids what their kids have learned in the last two hours with grandpa uh, gives me an opportunity to, to, to foster that relationship with them and to encourage them in their walk with God. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the odd exhortation happens to find its <laughs> way into the conversation like, hey, you guys really need to lock into this and spend yep. some more time with her. Uh, or with these girls in talking about this, it's important. Yeah, yeah. So it it just turns into as you spend time, and 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 I have to say, I this is not a I'm not a grandpa yet. Um, we our oldest is getting married in the fall, so so we're starting to realize we might be getting into that grandparent yeah. 
reality soon, but yeah. just like your, your social media posts with your grandkids are, are, are nauseatingly sweet. Like the <clears> relationship <throat> you clearly have with your grandkids is, is uh, a loving, caring, um, uh, one that you, like, it's clear you care about much more than the moment, but you also care about like where these kids are going to end up in, in future. Right. And, yeah. and you can see that knowing you seeing those, that journey uh, that you're on it, I can see that happening, uh, which is fantastic. Um, in, in ministry, as you work with all of these different churches and different pastors and, and are, are essentially helping people in that journey of walking close to Jesus, how does, how does this discipleship uh, paradigm, like to the relationship, how does that work? How does that, how do you walk into a place and present something that is not programmatic when oftentimes what we're waiting for is somebody to tell us what to do, give us a program, yeah. right? Yeah. Great, great question, Steve. Great question. And I, I think part of the answer is, is simply one word. It's a single word questions, mm. questions. I ask a lot of questions when I'm going into a new environment or meeting with a new pastor or, or sitting down with somebody who's called me or emailed me or texted me and said, Hey, I, I really would love to be discipled. Can we talk about that? Yep. I start asking questions. Tell me your story. Uh, who are you? Uh, where are you at in life? Um, can you tell me about your ministry experience? Can you tell me your greatest success and your most painful failure? And we just we just start. I just start asking questions and and allowing this relationship to start to to bubble up. And in the midst of those questions. Uh, I mean, Jesus was a master at asking questions and using daily life experiences as an opportunity to disciple these guys. Yeah. Uh, you know, hey, uh, anybody here got food? Yep. Okay. Yep. You got okay, you got two pieces of bread and a couple of fish. Okay. Uh, watch. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. So so again, I. I I'm I'm learning from the master still at this stage yep. of my my life and ministry. I'm learning from from Jesus how to how to do this well, but really a lot of it stems from uh, the building of a relationship with a goal in mind, and that goal mm -hmm. is to uh, bring this person, whoever he might be, one step closer to looking like Jesus. I mean, I, I think the kingdom of God is what. Life looks like when Jesus has his way. Yeah. So if we're about the kingdom and we're not just about our local church, we're not just about our local church vision or our local church goals or our, our local church mission statement, if we're really about the kingdom, then we're asking questions that are that are different. It's not about, hey, are you coming to our church? Hey, what are you involved at in our church or um, my church, what are you involved in? How, how are you serving us? How are you yeah. helping us achieve our dream? No, it's about the kingdom. It's about moving people closer to Jesus so that he can really move into their lives in a more significant way and use them to build his kingdom. You know, the book of Acts begins and ends. It begins with 
Jesus talking about the kingdom and it ends with Paul preaching the kingdom in yeah. prison, you know? So if the book of Acts is bookended with talk about the kingdom, you know, maybe that's, that's what should bookend my life. I really need to be more about the kingdom and less about my own little piece of real estate, the yeah. ABC Baptist church or the XYZ Pentecostal church. I need to be about the kingdom. And if you're about the kingdom there, you're about making disciples. And if you're about making disciples, then you're helping people uh, to know Jesus and follow him. Yeah, that's beautiful. We, uh, so the church that, that, that I'm serving in and <clears throat> Teresa and I are at, it's uh, less than 100 people, but by God's grace, right, people come, we have lots of people coming and then lots of people going, but we've, we've tried to turn those goodbyes into commissionings, right? Yes. Somebody comes and joins us for a period of time, it's our job, it's our job as a, a body of believers to build them up, prepare them for whatever the work that God has them for, and then mm. celebrate as they go maybe down the road to a different church, Maybe, yep. you know, we just had a family leave to go to, to Papua, like other side of the world. Um, yeah. And you got to yeah. celebrate those moments because you, you do. don't know what you're building here, which God is going to use, you know, there somewhere else. Um, yeah. And that's, yeah. I love that. I love that. And I know that you, you know, knowing you for the length of time that I've known you, I know that's what you do. Like it's, that's something that even... Even reaching back into those, as you said, the early years where you were more programmically minded, uh, you were always big picture. You were always much more than just your local church, and you were always thinking beyond that, which is uh, something that I've always appreciated about you. Okay, so Thank here's you. Your, here's your one, your one shot. So, you know, not to toot the statistics, but we have been listened to in, I don't know, 30 different countries, so... You get Very a, cool. You get a you get a worldwide shot here at thirty <laughs> different people from thirty different countries. Um, what if you could take and download one piece of information into every believer's brain and heart about discipleship? Uh, what what would you want them to know? What would you want them to take away? And and more than just know as head knowledge, but actually to assimilate and make it part of who they are. Yeah, that's uh, that's a super good question, uh, Steve. Uh, I'm going to take my best crack at it. <laughs> I think that the one thing that I wish everybody knew about discipleship was that it is your responsibility. Mm-hmm. Making disciples is not that responsibility that doesn't rest with the pastor or the missionary, or the elder, or the women's ministry leader in your church. It it belongs to you, whoever you are, wherever you might be listening to the this podcast. The, the responsibility for making disciples is your responsibility. Jesus gave that responsibility to all of us, to each and every one of us. And so uh, you can't you know, you can't use the excuse that you don't have the training, that you haven't been to seminary or even Bible college. Uh, you, 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 you can't shirk this responsibility. It belongs to all of us. Mm-hmm. And if, if, we, if we really kind of take this, this idea of discipleship being, uh, you know, more, more simply 
uh, I can make disciples by <laughs> by helping others know Jesus and follow him. It keeps it simple enough that anybody can do it. I, I, I can go for coffee. I can go for a walk. I can do a workout with anybody and just say to them, hey, where are you at with Jesus? Where, where are you at with God? I, I really am interested in your story. Can we talk about that? And you're, you're, you're off. You're off to the races. You're, 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 you're in the process of making disciples right there. Does it help to know the scriptures thoroughly? Of course it does. Does it help to? We're back. We had to get, we had back. A, there you go. Yeah, no, I'm not sure what happened. We'll, we'll keep going and we'll see if I want to edit it later. This yeah, we, I never we never edit in the middle of episodes, so that was that just happened. That was freaky. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I, I don't even know yeah, what we, happened. There was we're on, nothing we're on that came Zoom up on my just screen. Disappeared for a second. Yeah. So yeah. My apologies, brother. That's, no, that's yeah, okay. I, I think this 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 whole uh, the the responsibility for discipleship rests with with you with with the listener. Wherever you're at, you can find other people uh, to share with, to talk with, to to encourage, to inspire, to exhort, to admonish, to walk with Jesus and follow him. And I think you, God will lead you in, in, in that in that regard. Yeah, it's something that, um, so Teresa has transitioned from one job to a different job and it's, uh, she's, she's faced with writing a lot of content for for a company and mm. uh, the guy that is the kind of the to the two owners of the company they keep saying right uh, imperfect action is better than no action like yeah. even if you can't do it perfectly just do it <laughs> just do something okay. and we'll work with it from there and I, and I'm beginning to see that and understand that much differently and that's something that I've been working with in in my ministry is like I see people need, like you need X, Y, and Z filled in in your understanding. Um, I could spend three weeks building a program that you might not do, or I could just start going for coffee with you and talking about it. And and we'll we'll wrestle our way through it relationally, right? And that's, that's something that uh, I think when, you know, speaking as a pastor, put the pastor hat on, when you have people in your, in your, your ministry context that just do that, like, don't wait for permission. Don't wait yep. for the perfect moment. Don't wait for the perfect yep. program and just start, you know, having gospel conversations with people in their lives. Um, that's when you start to see, you know, Jesus really transforming yep. local churches, local communities, because people take it on themselves to say, hey, yeah, and I, I think I think really exciting things can come out of that. Uh, in, in my own experience, a about a year and a half ago, I met with a young guy, a really young guy. He was he was he, he's a university student. Uh, he w had heard about church planting, was interested in church planting. Uh, I'm the church planting guy in the area, so uh, he wanted to meet. And we talked, and and it just developed into a really good friendship. He's young enough to be my son, uh, but but. He really would like to learn more. So right now we're going through a book on on Christ-centered preaching because that's just where he's at. He, he He's a 
maturing disciple and he really wants to learn how to preach. And so we're reading a chapter. I've I've managed to, to get him a couple of preaching opportunities and one is coming up this Saturday night. We're preaching at a he's preaching at a at a refugee center here in Windsor, Ontario. Uh, we're hosting a, a, an outreach service. Last time we were there, uh, a couple from Mexico came to faith in Christ. And so uh, that sort of coffee, let's talk and let's understand where you're at with God kind of disciple-making approach can lead to a, a greater level of disciple-making, and it should. But but you need to start with a relationship, and anybody and everybody can do that. Well, that's awesome. Um, it, it, similar kind of stuff. I've got, you know, like I said, small church, less than less than 100. We've, uh, so far this year, we've had nine different people preach. Nine different men have, but we work through them. Somebody comes to me and says, I want to preach. I'm like, okay, well, we're going to have okay. to work on some skills and work through some yes. and sort of yes. how to do this. And it's a ton of work to get guys ready to do that. But that's what God's calling us to do with them, right? Yeah. And I can I can send them away to Bible college. There's a Bible college 10 minutes, literally 10 minutes away, right? Miller College of the Bible is right here. Um, I have professors that come to our campus that could teach it, but they want to serve the local church. So you equip yeah. them to do that, right? And yeah. that's part of that part of that machine is of of discipleship. I don't. I mean, it's not really a machine, but uh, it is it is an all encompassing life thing, right? Um, yeah. No, that's amazing. I I'm excited that you were able to come on, even though you said earlier that it's really hot where you are and the lawn needs to be mowed and Garth was thankful that there's no video because he wasn't going to have time to shower and shave. <laughs> yeah, it's still like 90 degrees with about a hundred percent humidity here. It's yeah. crazy weather oh, these yeah. days. It's uh, We had that heat a while ago, so we get it first. Yeah. It kind of travels across the country, but uh, thanks for sharing. Thanks for sharing. No, no problem. Uh, fortunately for you guys, the forest fires are here now, not, not there. Uh, yeah. But, we, we get that. Um, so in your role with uh, the Canadian National Fellowship, Baptist Fellowship, right? Yeah. The, the Michigan uh, deal, uh, and you got this kind of church planting piece um, in, in that area where you kind of come alongside people. Um, if that was something that people were wanting to figure out, like how to, how to, come up with a mentor or a coach like I know you've done in the past or to have somebody come alongside, not necessarily you, but just how do you go about making sure that you get the the guidance or help that you need? Like, what would you give advice for somebody who's maybe sitting in that spot going, I don't know how to get to what I think God is calling us to uh, or calling yeah. uh, The organization that we work closely with is called Send Network Canada for Canadian guys and just simply the send network in the U S. So as international listeners are, are, are thinking about, Hey, you know, I, I, I'd like to get some more information about church planting. The best thing to do is to connect with the send network. And you can do that just by Googling send network or send network Canada. And we have ways and means of, of, um, assessing, individuals who are interested in church planting i mean if they're they're down the road and they they're feeling called and they've already said yeah i want to plant a church with somebody this would be a good network to check out there's an assessment 
process that that they can enter into uh, and a discernment process that is really really very helpful but apart from that just meeting with one of our church planners or one of our pastors uh, would be uh, a good step or they can just folks can just shoot me an email garthlino at gmail.com and I'd be happy to connect with any of the listeners who might be interested wherever they live we have uh, connections with people yeah. Awesome. Well, Garth, I'm, I'm thankful that you made the time today. Glad that it worked out. Uh, I'm, Thanks for the invitation, I'm, Steve. I'm eternally thankful for uh, all of the time and energy that you have uh, you have poured into uh, myself and, and to my family through through me and through my wife. Uh, Teresa says hi. She, she wanted to actually come and just sit in the corner and listen because the interview <laughs> is kind of a, a my deal. Um, and so she, but she was like, oh, I want to, I want to hear what Garth has to say. And I told her uh, well. she had to listen to it like everybody else. <laughs> so you gotta, you thanks gotta for the privilege, man. Uh, yeah. I love it. So appreciate it. Appreciate what you're doing. All right. And, uh, for the rest of you that were listening, thanks for joining us in the journey and, uh, hope you can join us again next time.